Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome. To the LibroCube, uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubicalist and today is a very special episode in terms of numbers. If a number such as 350 is at all special, which it's not really, so let's pretend like it's like any other episode, how about... Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. 350 plus times I've said that now. Because although it is 350 episodes, that is maybe not 100% accurate, which maybe we will get into later. Maybe we will not. I don't know. Because the plan I have for each and every one of these episodes is so loose that it's virtually non-existent. So that's a little uh, behind-the-scenes action. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, and by that I mean this podcast and not these sort of ambient sounds in the room you are currently in, the only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is, a, you know, a good thing. And as uh, Martha Stewart says, it's a good thing. Oh boy. So do it, because, you know, look what happened to her. And that was a bad thing that she did, presumably. Okay, I'm just going to push a button and that will get us started into this episode 350 that is off the rails. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is From Dawn to Dusk Baby Vampire Daycare. Oh, thank you, sponsorship. Movie the first is called Trophy Kids. These are not kids who are trophies. No, no, no. They are rather kids whose parents treat them as if they are trophies, I suppose, is what the title means. Um, basically what it is, is, uh, is, is, try not, try to avoid the is, 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 uh, is, is, uh, fuck, is, uh, parents who take their kids playing sports very, very, gonna go ahead and throw one more, very seriously, uh, to the point where it's, it's sad, to be honest with you, very, very sad, um, this not this movie isn't sad in the sense that you know the kids die or anything, but uh, ooh, how about this? A little part of them seems to die inside, getting berated by their insane parents. Uh, this movie, uh, which I watched with the misses, we both very much enjoyed. Uh, rating wise, I'd go a solid four out of five. Uh, in terms of making me angry, close to a five out of five. 
uh, angry and sad and disappointed in the human race and what it has become. Um, this really, for me, sums up my sort of thought of uh, what would the world be like if we never had uh, A, religion, and B, sports. Uh, how different it would be. The, the, the sort of quintessential thought I have when I think that thought is that right now I would be, you know, driving my hover car to work where I uh, had sex with a robot sex bot, a robot sex bot. <laughs> robot sex bot. Uh, it would just be the, the most absolutely idyllic planet for one and all. We would have erased all diseases, all the, all fighting between races. Everything would be accomplished because all that energy that for thousands of years now have been spent on religion and sport uh, would therefore be pushed elsewhere, hopefully, into the scientific realm, into the entertainment realm. Uh, virtual reality that is, is getting there, probably we would have holodecks by now. So uh, I am upset when I see things like that for that strange reason. Also, the kids, you got to feel bad for them. Uh, th these parents just treating them like so, so bad. And for what? For what? Okay, uh, let's move on to movie the second from dusk till dawn. Huh. Uh, this popped up in me Netflix queue. I uh, hadn't seen it in quite a while. This is probably, if I had to guess, maybe fourth or fifth viewing of this movie. Um, it's been quite a while since I'd seen it, so I thought, hey, why don't we make a little uh, marathon of it? So I watched this from Dusk Till Dawn 2, colon, Texas Blood Money, and from Dusk Till Dawn 3, colon, The Hangman's Daughter. I don't know what happened from the first movie to the other two, but uh, the sort of step down in how good they are is enormous. Um, so let's say the first movie, I'd probably go uh, five out of five. Yeah, yeah, it's Quentin Tarantino. I don't, I don't think he has a movie that I don't give a five out of five to, so there you go. Um, he is not the director of this, actually. It's uh, Robert Rodriguez I'm just seeing here. Uh, and then uh, Scott Spiegel did two, and someone named PJ Pieces did three. So maybe that explain explains. Hmm, okay, maybe that explains why they sort of got worse. Uh, rating wise for two, uh, I feel a little bad because I do like uh, what's what's his name uh, Robert Patrick. Uh, he's been in things where I've enjoyed him. This was not one of them. Um, this movie, part of the reason maybe is that I was uh, playing video games while. Uh, watching this, although I do that all the time, but I don't remember what happened in this movie basically at all. Uh, there was a scene where Robert Patrick is uh, in the backseat of a cop car yelling at cops to take the cuffs off so he can help fight the vampires. That's about the only thing I remember from this uh, entire whatever how long movie this is. Um, this third one I remember a little bit more, I think just because I maybe wasn't as enthralled with the game I was playing. 
and, and even that, it wasn't as good. It, it sort of takes an interesting idea and uh, sets the, the, the vampire killing a hundred years in the past and sort of a cowboy western sort of feel, which, uh, which I'd probably give it a higher mark than the second one, just because I remember more of it. And I like the idea of taking a, a classic sort of vampire... See, I say vampire movie, but these vampires are a little different in some regards. They're sort of half zombie, half vampire. They kind of have that feel. Anyways, uh, taking a, a zombie movie and throwing it in uh, in a western movie, mixing them together. I, I like that idea. Trying new things. Okay, uh, as you've heard, we're out of time. Uh, so this last film... Uh, I don't have much time to talk about it. It's called uh, The Lost Honor of Christopher Jeffries. Uh, interesting little thing about this is uh popped up as a movie on my Netflix, so uh, it looked interesting. I like the guy from it. He was in... Uh, what was that show called? Uh, Being Human? Was it Being Human? Anyways, uh, I liked him, so I thought, hey, this movie sounds interesting based on a true story. Why don't I watch it? The sort of little interesting thing was uh, it was actually a miniseries, uh, a two-part miniseries. Um, so it's kind of strange that they melded them into one and call it a movie um, on Netflix. Is that misleading? Maybe a little bit. But uh, so far, so good. The the melding of the two is pretty seamless, and I haven't noticed that it was actually two pieces at one point. Uh, it's a true story. Uh, let's see. Uh, this drama tells the real-life story of retired school teacher Christopher Jeffries, who was uh, initially questioned by police as a suspect in the murder of a girl. Uh, basically... Uh, it's over in a jolly old England. Uh, this guy accused of murder. Uh, spoiler, it turns out he didn't do it. Uh, but everyone's thought he did, and sort of the papers really let him have it, and the cops held him for three days, and torture is a strong word, but they they really let him have it. And uh, the sort of trials, <laughs> excuse me, and tribulations of this guy. So you do really feel for him. You do really think, how could this happen in this day and age? But uh, apparently it did. So, for making me have the feels, uh, I'd give this movie a solid 4 out of 5, maybe even uh, 5 out of 5. Uh, very well done. And the main actor, you know what, I'll tell you who he is. Uh, Jason Watkins, which, if you haven't heard of, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, he's very good in everything I've ever seen him in. So he's sort of that British actor type that uh, going forward, going forward, when I see him in things, I'll sort of go out of my way to watch them. Okay, so that's enough movie talk for now. Let's move on to television time. Hmm, Today's Television Talk sponsor is Lupus. Okay, so uh, the missus and I have been watching at least an episode a day for quite a while now, uh, a television show called House. I uh, started this show by myself. Uh, I didn't think she would watch it with me. Uh, I don't know why. Um... I sort of like to have one show on the go at any given moment. 
uh, for example, right now I have on Shameless, which have I brought that back yet? Anyways, if I haven't, I will. Um, and then I'll sort of have that on the go until I've finished it and then start a new one. That, that sort of idea. Really chug through programs and have that sense of fulfillment of completing an entire series. Uh, I like that feel. My brain enjoys that because of how it is wired, which is weird. So uh, I started watching this, and then the missus saw, uh, I think, one or two episodes, just sat with me and sort of got hooked on it. So then I stopped watching it as quickly as I was, and uh, we started watching it together, and uh, have very, very much enjoyed it immensely. Like, we're flying through this like nobody's business. Uh, I will say that if you've seen as many episodes of House as I have now, you can quite easily pick out a sort of common thread, common theme, common tropes that they use. Uh, There's a very sort of mathematical-like formula for making an episode of House. Now, that's not necessarily a good thing, to be honest, but uh, for a show that you could sit with your missus or mister... Uh, and just sort of turn your brain off at the end of the day. Uh, this thing is one of the best I've seen in a long time. Um, it's sort of that feel that I never really got, but many people do get, the misses included, I think, get from uh, like Law and & Order and uh, SUV and those CSIs and things like that. Uh, I never really got into those so much, uh, but I think this sort of gives you that same sort of feel that those do. Uh, formulaic, uh, what, what do they call that? Uh, there's a word for it. A- anyways, I'm not going to think of what it is. Uh, stars Hugh Laurie, who, if you are a lover of British television, as I... Did that just come up? Uh, yeah, it did, actually. Oh, if you're a lover of British television, you will know Hugh Laurie, because he was in much British television, usually in a sort of comedic role, so uh, interesting to see him in this... Not to say it's not comedic by any means, uh, which brings me to my next sort of uh, love of this show, uh, the combination of a fair bit of comedy with drama. Uh, I always say, and have said innumerable times on this podcast, that to make a show believable, to make anything believable, you have to have both. If you are 100% serious 100% of the time, uh, I'm going to A, lose interest, and B, find it unbelievable. Whereas if you sort of combine the two and have hints of humor in your seriousness, I, I find that is much more like, well, life, and therefore uh, believable. Okay, so uh, what I was going to do is talk about the first four seasons, and then uh, maybe uh, later talk about the last four seasons. Uh, so let's just see. Uh, we sort of uh, start the first four seasons getting to know the gang. Uh, Hugh Laurie playing the titular Dr. Gregory House. Uh, Lisa Edelstein playing Dr. Lisa Cuddy, who sort of runs the hospital from an administrative uh, standpoint. They are constantly butting heads. And maybe one day butting other things together. (laughs) got Omar Epps, uh, who's Dr. Eric Foreman. He's um, sort of a uh, token black man is not how I would describe him, but others might. Others may. 
Uh, we've got Dr. Allison Cameron, played by Jennifer Morrison, a.k.a. The Girl. Uh, we've got uh, doc- Dr. Uh, Robert Chase, played by Jesse Spencer, a.k.a. The Heartthrob, as the missus would describe him. She has a thing for this guy, which uh, I don't mind, because, you know, gets her hot and bothered is good for the gander, and I'm the gander. That doesn't really make sense, but I said it nonetheless. Then you have House's quote-unquote friend, long-suffering friend, you might say, Dr. James Wilson, played by Robert Sean Leonard. Um, You have, as the seasons progress, different people in different roles, but that's how I started watching it with this sort of main group of characters who do super, super well together. Uh, All of them good to okay in their acting abilities. One thing I find um, that sometimes is not so great is when they're all sitting together running off medical jargon um, which has got to be one of the hardest things to do as a fake doctor. Uh, I find it sort of like they're just like reading from a book and there's no sort of thought or feeling or it, it, it almost has a sort of monotone feel quite often. But uh, maybe that's what life is like, hey? Maybe it is. Uh, House highly recommended for all reasons listed above. Today, there is no book banter. Oh my god. Oh, I gotcha. You should really see the look on your face. Uh, To be fair, if you read the episode descriptions, the section where you would normally find the description for the book banter would be absent from this episode. Um, Let me explain. Basically, I started reading a book called Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut Jr., Uh, I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it, yo. Uh, So I I stopped. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I did as I do. I gave it 50 pages. That's usually my cutoff. Uh, If if I'm kind of feeling it, if I think there's potential, maybe I'll go 100. But here, like, I would read a page, uh, read another page, and then have wouldn't remember the first page that I read. That, that sort of idea. There wasn't really a feel to so much of a, a story to me as little tidbits. I don't know. I, you know what? I'd like to hear from you, anyone out there. Just period. Full stop. But specifically with regards to Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. If you read it, uh, enjoyed it, think I should give it another chance, let me know why that is. Um... What I thought I would do here instead is a sort of a little secret section, uh, which is not something I do very often or maybe have ever done. Uh, Normally, I sort of write in what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, Here, I am not going to. I'm here to talk about the first 350 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. See, uh, episode 350, although it's just a stupid number and doesn't really mean anything, I've actually recorded quite a lot more than 350 episodes, if you count uh, sort of special episodes or uh, in the 
post, oh, sorry, in the pre-episode 300 world, I had a bunch of episodes that I never released, which maybe I'm thinking episode 400, 500, if I ever do make it to those, uh, I'll do something with those, release those maybe. Anyways, uh, I just thought we'll sort of see where we've come from and where we're going. Uh, where we're going is, who could say with the exception of I like where we are right now in terms of how the podcast is going in the sense of how I make it. Uh, that is, once a week, I report record a podcast uh, of all the... letting you know all the sort of media I have consumed, all my sort of mass consumption of mass media, let it pour forth sort of from my brain so it doesn't get stuck in there and make me insane uh rather let it out into the ether that is your ears um that's basically why i do it uh there is that potential thought always that i have that maybe uh, it turns into a thing uh 350 episodes in uh the potential for it turning into a thing i suppose is not high uh, you could you could potentially say if it hasn't happened yet, it ain't going to happen. Uh, that saddens me to a degree. Um, I do still have episodes that, for some reason that I have no idea why, will get you know hundreds of listeners to them. Uh, I get the odd episode where you know fifty people will listen. Uh, there there is a sense of happiness on those episodes where I see lots of people listen, and there's a sense of sadness. Uh, it, it's not enough to sway me so much from doing or not doing the podcast. Uh, that really never enters my mind. But uh, it is there. Uh, one of my sort of, just on that note of sadness, uh, since we're in this sort of unexplored region of the podcast, uh, I will say one thing that does greatly sadden me with regards to the podcast is the lack of uh, hearing from other people out there listening to this. One thing, and I have said it, <laughs> At the top of every episode, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is... Uh, uh, I'd love to hear some reviews on iTunes. I would love to have some more subscribers on iTunes. I don't even know if I have any, to be honest with you. Um, one of the things is, if you get... I think you need 5 to 10. I'm not sure where the number is now. Uh, reviews on iTunes for it to sort of show up how many... What your for it to show up what your average review number is. Right now, I think I have three or four reviews, and they're all, you know, four or five, I, I do believe. So uh, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, a, a little bit more would be greatly appreciated. So if you, if there's someone out there listening to this right now, and you've listened to many episodes, regardless if you're someone I know, if you're someone I don't know, if you are learning how to speak English and are listening to this podcast for that reason, I would love to hear from you. Just period. Uh, l let me know. You, come on the podcast. Hey, I, I don't know how I would do that, but I would try to figure it out a way. Uh, I would just love to get a little in the way of audience participation. Uh, I don't try for it every single episode, but quite often I'll say things like I did about uh, Breakfast of Champions. Things where uh, audience participation would be nice. So, you know, just throwing it out there, episode 350, uh, the, the silver lining is I've never had anyone say to me, uh, that podcast is a piece of shit, you should kill yourself. <laughs> the, the poop lining is I've never had anyone say, 
oh, I listen to your podcast all the time. It's great. Uh, I've I've had closer to that. I've had people say, oh yeah, I've listened to it. I've enjoyed it. So uh, I should suppose I should just shut my pie hole and count my blessings. Uh, in a sort of general, actually, a sort of general internet niceness I have experienced over the years. Very infrequently had have had people tr- uh, be dicks to me on the internet. It was one Twitter guy one time uh, said something not very nice, but uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> Save that for episode 450, I guess, eh? Today's game, a Gavin sponsor, is Dino the Last Dinosaur Steaks. Order now, limited supply. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about a game called Ark, comma, colon, I mean, Survival Evolved. You may have heard of this game, incredibly uh, popular nowadays. One of the most popular in the way of... Uh, online adventure survival type games uh i bought it with probably two high hopes uh will mention you know let's do this right off the bat that this is still an early access game if you're unfamiliar with that term uh on steam and uh i think another platform just introduced it as well anyways uh on steam you can get games that are not yet quote unquote complete Uh, the makers of the game are still working on them Uh, They'll release them for people to play with the thought that they're not done yet. We're still working on this. You play it. Let us know what you think. um, And then we'll sort of uh, improve it based on what you think, uh, on uh, suggestions. Good idea. Um, There is that potential that people release a game such as this. You pay for it, which is one of the things that kind of stick in my craw a bit. And then that's it. They fuck off, take your money, and the game is never quote-unquote complete. Uh, I think this is a good system with the exception of the fact that, for example, this game was, I will say, embarrassed to admit, $32. So I paid $32 for this, admittedly, by the makers of the game, an unfinished game. Uh, Buyer's remorse is strong at this point. Just for the reason that I didn't have the fun that I have with a game such as Rust. Uh, and this is, I'm sort of comparing this almost an apples-to-apples comparison because these are very, very similar games. Games where you're sort of thrown naked in Rust and virtually naked in Ark into a world where you're, your sort of goal in the game is nothing more than survival. You've got to survive the game. Um, you would think, and it's a very, very strange thing to say, that one of the main differences, in fact, I'd say the main difference between Ark and Rust, is uh, Ark has the addition of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs that you could goddamn train and ride and shit. Now that sounds fucking awesome. Uh, the reality, at least for myself, was less so. Uh, nothing to do with the ideas of the game, just more with the implementation, I would say. Like, uh, I could hop into a game of Rust and 
uh, to be honest, stopped playing this and went back to Rust to play. Uh, just because I have so much more fun with it for some reason. It, it's almost hard to pinpoint. I think it is... Maybe it was too much in Ark. Like, you had to beware of your... Well, you do in Rust too. I was going to say you have to be aware of your heat and how cold you get and how much you're going to eat and how thirsty you are. Uh, Ark does add a few other things you have to be wary of, like uh, stamina. So maybe that maybe it was just too much for me, too much for my brain to handle. Uh, then there's the addition of dinosaurs that uh, I never even made it to the point where I uh, rode a dinosaur. So <laughs> that was a little disappointing too. Like I'm gonna go back. Uh, here's here's this sort of thought I have of this whole debacle. Let's call it. Um, I purchased Rust probably into the, about the same amount of period of development that I have now Arc. Uh, Rust uh, has had, what, a year and change since the I paid for it to develop to something fairly spectacular, I would consider it. Whereas Arc still a little bit more in its infancy. Uh, so my thought is, if I wait a year from now, I've already paid for this, uh, and then I uh, download it again, it's going to be that much different, that much better. Uh, one sort of way that I'm leaning towards that being a possibility is that seemingly the makers of this game are still putting the time and effort and money into making it good. Uh, they haven't sort of just released it and said, have at it. They're... they're slow and steady adding you know adding things fixing things uh, they haven't fucked off basically is what I'm saying so uh, let's just how about I do this uh, Rust when I first started playing it way back when uh, 4 out of 5 now <laughs> maybe I'll go 3 out of 5 when I first started playing it now 4 out of 5 with potential 5 out of 5 just how just to, even in terms of how many hours I've delved into it. Arc, uh, when I first started playing it, like 2 out of 5. Uh, potentially in a year from now or more, uh, I'll revisit it and it'll have a much higher mark. Okay, so that's uh, one of the most convoluted ratings I've ever given. Sure. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Physicist Rockstar Laser Show Extravaganza Experiment. <sighs> okay, uh, so internet intercourse item first is Steven Tyler and Neil deGrasse Tyson backstage at Late Night with Stephen Colbert. What the fuck? That's a lot of words. Now what do they mean? Let's break it down, break it down, break it down. Uh, basically, and uh, this has come up from time to time, uh, I watch my late night talk shows on YouTube. I watch the clips that they post because I'm not up late at night for the late night talk shows. So uh, what do I have on the go? I got Conan. Uh, now I have Stephen Colbert. I've added him. 
uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who, to be honest, something's happened around Jimmy Kimmel that uh, I'm not digging it as much as I used to. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, I've also recently added uh, Bill Maher, just because I'm a big Bill Maher fan. So, uh, is he late night? I assume he's late night. Anyways, uh, all these I watch clips on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to their channels, and it's great. Anyways, uh, this one stuck out in particular from last week's uh, gathering of clippers. Uh, just because, like, even five, you know, a couple years ago, five, ten years ago, let's say, there was no such thing as a famous physicist. There's no such thing as uh, a nerd, for lack of a better word. I guess there was Bill Nye, who's still around and kicking. Uh, but still, the degree with which nerds have become uh, uh, popular in culture... Uh, is, is, I don't know if I've ever seen it as emphasized as strongly as Steven Tyler of Guns N' Roses sitting backstage at late night with uh, Stephen Colbert shooting the shit with uh, physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Just a little slice of nerdy goodness. Uh, one of the things I love is that it's Steven Tyler, there's a couple other people there sitting around sort of quizzing him on things. Like it gets into why cell phones work, why sometimes they don't work. Uh, you know, it's, Neil deGrasse isn't a cell phone expert, but because of his background and sort of general intelligence in many fields, uh, sort of worked around a, a pretty good explanation of that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, just a clip you should watch uh, and, and, and the sort of emphasis of how the times they are a-changing and uh, the, the geek shall inherit the earth, as they say. I didn't make that up, but I do like that. I prefer nerd to geek, but it's got to rhyme with meek, so... Anyways, further nerdishnesses, I suppose you could say, is our next item, which is uh, Vsauce 2, Mind Blow number 101. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen uh, much from the Vsauce guys, uh, all three of them, in a while, so it was nice to see uh, a new Mind Blow, which are among my favorite of the Vsauces. Uh, basically, um, this guy, this dude, Vsauce 2, will... To gather a bunch of shit that's gonna blow your mind hence the name uh so I, i've written down some of them here uh self-filling humidity water bottle yeah that one was pretty crazy uh basically imagine sticking a water bottle on a table and then over the course of the day uh if you have a time lapse you could watch it uh, it would slowly fill itself just by pulling moisture from the air so pretty cool especially in like uh desertous climbs uh, why is, uh, Oscar could, why the power, smart gas pills, oh yeah, that was something to make your fart smell better, was it? I don't remember that one. Anyways, we're gonna run out of time, uh, excuse me, just go, uh, check it out on the YouTube, Mind Blow Vsauce 2, good stuff. Okay, last but not least... In fact, most, you might say, is uh, Harmatown. Yeah, getting to be a regular occurrence on this podcast, um, just in the sense that basically what I've done in my podcasting um, experience lately is try to devote as much time as possible to getting caught up on Harmontown episodes. So I, I think I'm up to episode 50 or 60 um, so what I'll do is uh, download all my podcasts as I normally do, 
uh, I'll actually, and don't tell them this, I'll delete the ones that don't jump out at me as being awesome. So, um, Comedy Bang Bang, I listen to all. I listen to those regardless, but uh, most of the other podcasts I listen to, like uh, if it's a, uh, here's someone who I don't think would be offended, uh, or uh, who's got a thick skin, not that they would ever hear this, but that's something I worry about, because I am Canadian, uh, Mark Marin. Uh, Mark Marin, I enjoy his podcast, uh, he does a great interview, um, now that I'm trying to get caught up and uh, power through as many Harmontown episodes as I can, if I see him doing an interview with someone that uh, I've never heard of uh, or know who it is and don't really have any interested in hearing an hour interview with them, uh, I'll delete that episode and then uh, it'll give me more time to focus on that. So that's what I'm doing to podcasts in general until I get caught up. Because of this fact, uh, I've got Harmontown on the brain bad bad yeah uh <laughs> it's this such a sense of community a town you might say um which you experience i think with podcasts in general um people who say listen to chris hardwick's podcast the nerdist uh gather around and sort of he's built a community around that fact uh i don't think anyone sort of does it better though than dan Harmon. Um, it's almost as if he's taken the idea of a podcast and amplified the sense of community, uh, which is kind of funny. As this television show was called Community. Hello, hi, how are you? Good, good. No, I didn't just answer the phone. I'm talking to myself or the Dan Harmon and all of us. Um, he's had some uh, guest co-host. Uh, one, oh, one in particular I wanted to mention uh, was Kumail Nanjiani. The reason I wanted to mention him is because, as I do every time he comes up on this podcast, which is more times than you would think, or less, depending on how many times you would think. Uh, like Kumail Nanjiani, I have a podcast in which I talk about video games. Like him, I. Uh, I'm married to a girl named Emily. Like him, uh, I was born in Pakistan. One of those things is not true, and I will leave it to you to decide which. Uh, he did really good. Uh, he's a sort of regular guest. We'll come on and play a D&D, which, if you are unfamiliar, stands for Dungeons and Dragons, which uh, I haven't sh I'm not sure if I've mentioned this yet. Uh, my, my sort of reason that I started listening to this uh, was once um, uh, uh, what the fuck uh, uh, Nerd Poker, the, the podcast Nerd Poker, once that ended I needed a podcast in which I could hear people playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> because that is something I now need in my life uh, yeah, that's what I've become. Anyways uh, so I looked around for, for possible ideas where I could find that to fill that void, uh, and came across Harmontown. Having seen the movie already, uh, which I hope you will watch, um, I don't know why it didn't sort of click sooner, that why wouldn't I just watch that? And uh, then I listened to the first episode, and then the second and the third, and then the 60th, and uh, now just sort of hooked so hard that it hurts. It's, it's, it's a little on the painful side. Uh, he's had uh, other guest um, uh, guest comptroller, they call it. Guest co-host is another way to look at it. But they call it comptroller because this is a town and these are town hall meetings. 
uh, Bobcat Goldwaith, who uh, I have spoken quite a few, quite a bit on this podcast as well of my love of him. Uh, not from a police academy standpoint, although he does a perfectly fine job in those movies, but from a, a later comedic uh, movie making standpoint, more so. Uh, Robin Williams has popped in. Um, uh, Steve Steve A G or Steve A G if you prefer. Uh, all people who I've known and loved and other things seem to pop onto this thing. Uh, then you've got uh, Spencer, who this is an incredible story. Uh, of uh, the first episode that I listened to, the first episode in which uh, they sort of said to the crowd, uh, does anyone know how to play Dungeons and Dragons? And this, uh, this kid, I'm going to say kid, he's probably not much younger than myself, uh, stood up and said, uh, I do, and then has been on every episode since, running a Dungeons and Dragons game that they play, uh, you know, about halfway through every episode. Just incredible. The other uh, incredible thing about this guy is that uh, I've sent him a couple of my uh, creations, my YouTube creations, that where I've taken clips from Harmontown and sort of mashed them up with shit. Uh, sent them to... Uh, tweeted them to him and Dan Harmon and a bunch of people on the show, and he has uh, retweeted all of them, uh, which means that some of my most-watched YouTube stuffs uh, are because of him. So, uh, incredibly nice. The, the, that furthering that sense of community in the sense that one of the members of the community I have communicated with. So, uh, very, very cool. Highly recommend it. Uh, once you go Harmontown, you'll never go Barmontown. <sighs> That's the kind of joke that they would appreciate over at Harmontown, so that is why I say it here. Folks, you know what time it is. Uh, did I fuck my timer up? No, I didn't. Yes. It's time to say that it's nice to be nice to the nice. Like Spencer. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper